0: In Jesus' name, amen. This, this past week, I came across an article that was really interesting to me, and it was all about waiting, and it had a number of uh, statistics and facts about just how much we wait in our day-to-day lives as Americans. And, uh, the big number that really jumped out to me from that article was that, on average, uh, we as Americans spend five years of our lives waiting, just waiting. Waiting in line at the grocery store, waiting in line at Disney World, waiting for the web page to load or the coffee to brew, uh, waiting. Six months out of those five years, the article said, we spend waiting just in our cars, at red lights, traffic stops, construction zones, six months waiting in your car. But five years of our lives are are simply spent waiting. That that kind of blew me away. It, it, It was hard to believe, almost. Five years. Because it didn't seem like enough, does it? Only five years? Doesn't it seem to you like we spend way more than five years of our lives waiting? I think it seems like we are spending just about our entire lives waiting. And, and it starts when we're young. When we're kids, we're always waiting all year for Christmas, aren't we? Because we are sure that Santa's going to bring us that gift that we have been hoping for all year long. We're waiting. We're waiting until the next birthday when we'll finally be old enough to ride our bike to the park with the big kids. Mom and dad say it's okay. And then we're waiting for the next birthday when we're 16 and we can finally get our driver's license and hit the road with a sense of freedom. We're we're waiting until we're 18 when we're finally free from mom and dad's watchful eye. Or so we think. We're we're waiting. Uh, When we get older, I don't think it really changes much. We're still waiting. Maybe what we're waiting for changes, but we're still waiting. Uh, We're waiting to find that perfect someone that uh, man or woman who will fulfill us or complete us. We're, once we find that person, we're waiting for the wedding and planning the reception. We're, we're waiting for the kids to see how many God will give us, and then we're waiting for the house where we can uh, fill them with those children. We're always waiting. Once we have the, the spouse and the kids in the house, and then we're waiting for the kids to grow up and get out of the house, right? So we can finally enjoy all of that. And then we're waiting to retire when we can kick back and, and sit down and enjoy the fruits our labor. We are always waiting. We're, we're waiting for the new car, which will change our lives and bring us happiness. We're we're waiting for the, the latest and greatest iPhone or iPad, which we have been promised will change everything and make life so much easier. I don't know about you, but it seems to me like we are always waiting for something. Uh, now, to be sure, don't get me wrong, I think uh, waiting can be very good, right? It is good to wait until you find your spouse, that's someone that you love, to be united to. It's it's good to wait to save up the money so that you just don't charge everything to that credit card. It's, it's good to wait. Actually, the, the Bible talks a lot about waiting, too. It, it reminds us that we are called to wait on the Lord. and As we wait for those future promises of Jesus and his promise that one day he's going to come back to raise the living and the dead, to restore and renew all things, we are called to wait patiently and yet hopefully, full of hope. It is, it's good to wait. Uh, and yet I think that we are reminded today in our Gospel reading that as we wait on those future promises of Jesus, that even today God has so much for us, that today we live in the eternal life that God has planned for us since the beginning and the foundation of time. Our gospel reading where we hear just a little bit about this is from John chapter 17. John chapter 17 is often referred to as Jesus' high priestly prayer. If you've noticed, for the past couple weeks since Easter, we've been kind of walking through John, this section of John. And and for the last three chapters, Jesus has gathered together his disciples, and he's been teaching them and preparing them because he knows that he's going to go to the cross and eventually leave them to be with his Father. And so he's been teaching and preparing his disciples for that day when he won't be around to walk and talk with them anymore. Uh, But now Jesus has transitioned in chapter 17 from preaching and teaching to praying and Jesus begins to pray. He he first prays for himself to his Father, and then he prays for his apostles uh, because he knows that he's leaving them. And then at the end of it, we didn't hear it in today's reading, but I would encourage you to go back maybe this week and read through chapter 17 because at the end of it, Jesus actually prays for you, all of you. Uh, Jesus prays for all of those believers who who didn't witness Jesus, who didn't see him with their eyes, but who would come to believe and trust for him. So it's It's amazing. Jesus prays for you in John 17. But at the beginning of his prayer, uh, in verse 3 of our reading for today, this is what Jesus says about the eternal life uh, that is to be found in him. Jesus says, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Let me read that again. Jesus says, Now this is eternal life. This is what eternal life looks like. This is where you find it and how you get it. Now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You see, to me, the way that Jesus describes eternal life, it's not some some distant dream world that we're all just waiting for, twiddling our thumbs for, for it to come around. But instead, Jesus says that eternal life is ours today, that, that the moment that you are brought into his grace, whether it happens to you as, as a little tiny baby, as you are washed there in your baptism and clothed with Christ, or whether it happens to you on your deathbed at 92 years old, the moment you come to faith and trust in Jesus is the moment that you are entered into eternal life. And that everyone who believes in God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ is living in and enjoying the eternal life that God has planned for us. See, today, not just tomorrow, not just in some future day, but today, you have the hope and the peace and the comfort of Jesus. Today, not just tomorrow, you are God's forgiven and beloved child. Today, by faith in Christ, you are welcomed in and accepted as a part of His family. Today, you have the Spirit living in you, supporting you, and preparing you, and equipping you for every good work. Today, you are a child of God, and you live in the eternal life that God has planned for you. I, I've talked about it before, and so most of you are aware, but in case you, you weren't, I, I spent a, a, a decent amount of time, I've spent a decent amount of time, over at the Lutheran Home in Arlington Heights, a nursing home, rehab facility, senior living a facility just down the road here. And throughout my time there, I, I have heard this kind of constant refrain, this constant theme come up over and over and over again. And it's it's always said in a little bit different ways and from different people, but it keeps coming up. And maybe you've heard your loved ones express a, a similar feeling. Uh, many times when I go there, just about every time actually, I will have someone say to me, You know, Pastor, you, you know, Peter, um, I'm just waiting to go to Jesus. You know, my my loved ones are gone. My my husband's gone. My wife is gone. Maybe even my kids aren't here anymore. And I'm sitting here alone in this room, no one to talk to. And I hurt. My body aches. I have so much pain every day. And I'm just waiting. I don't know why God has me here. I wish he would hurry it up and and bring me to be with him. Uh, But in the meantime, I'm waiting. In fact, I can't wait to go to heaven. To be with Jesus. Maybe you've heard people express a similar longing and feeling as they wait to be with to be with God. Every time I hear that, I try to do three things, and I am far from perfect in this. But every time I hear that that groaning, that longing to be with with Christ there at the Lutheran home, I try to do three things. First, I, I try to sympathize with them. Because they usually have a really good reason, or more than one, to want to leave this world to enter into the next, to to enter into that rest, that paradise that God calls heaven. They have a good reason to wait for Christ's triumphant return to raise the living and the dead. I I try to sympathize as far as I can to put myself in their shoes to try to to, to see what they are feeling. I try to sympathize. I, I also try to encourage them because they are expressing a deep, heartfelt faith in the eternal future promises of God. They are trusting that there is a better world than this called heaven, where there is no more hurt, no more pain, no more suffering, and they long to be there. They long for Christ to return, to, to raise the living and the dead, to, to conquer sin once and for all, to, to give us a new heavens and a new earth. And, and they hope for that. They wait for that. And so I try my best to encourage them in their faith, to, to continue to point them to Christ and all of his wonderful promises. I try to sympathize, I try to encourage, but I also try to remind them. I try to remind them that that as Christians, eternal life in Jesus is ours today through faith in Him. I try to point these people to the the present day realities, the present day promises which are already theirs. Yes, there is a future day, a glorious day, but even today, there is so much goodness to be found in God. Even today, they have the joy and the hope and the peace of Christ ruling in their hearts. Even today, God holds them tightly in His loving arms. He's there beside their bed. He promises to never leave them or or even forsake them. Today, they have the Holy Spirit living them inside of them, filling them up. Today, they are forgiven and washed clean. Sometimes I even try to remind them that even today, as they sit there hurting and broken and alone, In their rooms, that even today they can be used by God. Maybe not in the ways that God used to use them, maybe not in the ways that they would like to be used, but in whatever ways, no matter how small and stumbling, even today they can be used by God. Because even today, God has given them the most amazing promises of life in Christ. There's a lot of people at the Lutheran home just waiting. To be with Jesus. But what are you waiting for? I think that many of us, maybe all of us, are, are waiting for something. We're waiting for tomorrow to, to give us something, a sense of wholeness, a sense of peace, a sense of completion or happiness or joy. For some of us, uh, we're just waiting for our paycheck to finally be as much as we would like it to be. We're waiting for money to to solve our problems some of us were we're waiting for the next job to be everything that this job isn't some of us we're waiting for the new car or the new iphone or or the new computer which we have been promised will solve all of our problems some of us were waiting for retirement when we can finally kick back and rest and enjoy the fruits of our labor so what are you waiting for what are you waiting for tomorrow to give you Because you see, brothers and sisters, tomorrow cannot give you what Jesus already has. And Jesus has given you blessing after blessing, gift after gift. Today, Jesus has given you the gift of his death and his resurrection that you have died to sin and now live with him. Today, there is joy and hope and peace to be found in your Savior. Today, you are welcomed in and accepted by him simply by faith, not by anything that you've done, but by the sacrifice of your Savior. Today, you are cleansed and made whole and you have entered into that eternal life which was planned for you before the foundation of this world today eternal life is yours in Christ and that changes everything for us for us baptized believers for us Christians that changes everything it changes our thoughts and our desires it it changes the ways that we act the ways that we serve, the ways that we sacrifice. Nothing is out of bounds when we live as as Christ's risen people in light of eternity. It changes the way that we drive, the ways that we spend our money, because, because we have eternal life. We have the confidence and the hope and the trust that, that we are loved by God and forgiven by Him. Now, that doesn't mean that today will be easy. You all know that. It doesn't mean that today we'll go exactly according to plan or that there won't be struggles and trials or tears falling down our face even today. But what it does mean is that as we wait for those future promises of Christ, for the heaven that awaits us, for the triumphant return and victory of Jesus Christ, as we wait, we rejoice today. We rest in, we praise God for the eternity that he has brought us into, not just tomorrow but today. Because as Christians, eternal life in Jesus is ours today by faith. In Jesus' name, amen.